college life and how you guys wanted us to, you know, handle ourselves in the public. You know, there's a sense of responsibility that comes with being an Ohio State athlete. Today on the Rising Coaches Podcast, we get to speak with a Youngstown, Ohio native and current director of professional development for the Ohio State University, Terrence Stiles. Terrence played four years at Ohio State while being a Big Ten Player of the Year his senior year, moving on to play professionally in various countries, including France, Germany, and Uruguay, just to name a few. Terrence was inducted into the Ohio State Hall of Fame and then came back with the Buckeyes to start his coaching career, now starting his fifth season as an assistant coach. Please welcome Coach Terrence Dials. Our friends at Dr. Dish Basketball are here to help you take your team's training to the next level this season. Get an exclusive discount on the in-game changing features on select Dr. Dish Rebel Plus, All-Star Plus, and CT Plus shooting machines by mentioning the Rising Coaches podcast or let them know that the Rising Coaches organization had sent you just to get your exclusive discount. Welcome, welcome to another episode of the Rising Coaches Podcast. I'm Doug Caputo, and we got Alan Major here. And today, we are excited to be speaking with the current Director of Professional Development for the Ohio State Buckeyes, Terrence Dials. Coach Dials, what's going on? Going on. Thank you for having me on the show, man. I see some familiar faces that I've worked with in the past, so it's, it's good to be on here. Yeah, man. Good to see you, TD. Appreciate you, man. Yeah, it's um, and we were actually telling. I was telling Alan too. Well, we we were talking before, and he he mentioned to me. He goes, "Yeah, oh, so you know Terrence?" I'm like, "Yeah, from the same hometown and everything." And mentioned how we worked together with the Cavs, and I had a picture, and I pulled it up, and I was going to send it to you, Alan. I look at the picture, I'm like, "I look like an infant." Like, <laughs> I, I'm I'm tall, and then we got we got Terrence yeah. over here. Yeah, it was. Hey man, but this dude this dude beat me up with the pads around the basket for two years, so I, I'm still seeing a <laughs> chiropractor because of his <laughs> big, you know what. <laughs> so to give you a general lowdown of how we're going to go, we're going to talk one about your journey. You know, your playing career leading into your college uh, coaching career, your experiences, things, some things that you've learned, um, and then we'll get to like the kind of the second segment. We'll talk about the nil deals. Um, and then at the very end, we'll get a final segment, just three quick hitters for really everyone to kind of get to meet who you are as a person. So first thing we'll start with is how I mentioned um, you're a Youngstown, Ohio native, and you played at Boardman High School. And I got to make sure to mention that and say that with a little more pride. Uh, but one thing I've heard stories about this, I've never actually went to the source. So I have to now, no better time than the present. When you were in high school, is it true? Did you break one of the backboards at Boardman? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it was. Um, it was. Yeah, it was. A, it was a Thursday night practice, uh, day before one of our games, Friday night. Um, we were going to coach gave us a water break finally. That's back when you had to go to a water fountain to drink water, not like water bottles all around the court. And uh, we were going to the to the water fountain, and um, one of my teammates. He had a basketball and we were running by the hoop and he threw me alley oop and I went up to go get it. And yeah, you know, we were, and it wasn't a great practice. So you tried to act like you were hurt because <laughs> you were fooling around. You know what I mean? Like you're supposed to be in water and you're out catching dunks. So um, he threw me alley oop. I dunked it, the glass shattered all over the place. And 
Um, I still hear from different people. I still got a piece of that glass from the backboard. That you <laughs> and that was 20 years ago, bro. 20, <laughs> 22 years ago. So, yeah, it's true. I did break. A, I did shatter a backboard in high school. They had to break <laughs> a hoop from the middle school so we can play the next day. I was just going to say that had to have been on the main floor. And especially, you know, the athletic director was, was not happy about that one. But all the coaches were probably sitting there, like, excited. Like, oh, we got a dude that's doing this stuff? Yeah, I didn't know whether – so the reason why I acted hurt because I didn't know whether it was a cool thing or I effed up. So I was like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, let me lay here hurt. till something like, okay, cool, you know. So I'm like, oh man, like got some shattered glass. <laughs> <laughs> so following your high school career, you go on, you play a four-year career at Ohio State. Um, you were Big Ten Conference Player of the Year your senior year and your four years at Ohio State. Just talk about some things maybe you learned there, your experiences there, and kind of what that meant to you. So when I first got to Ohio State my freshman year, we ended up winning the Big Ten regular season and Big Ten tournament. Um, we ended up getting a, a pretty high seed and lost in the second round of the NCAA tournament to Missouri. Um, everything happened so fast for me uh, as a freshman that – you kind of like this is kind of the expectation, right? It's like, oh man, this is how it is in college. Like this is how it is at Ohio State. Like you come in, you know, you you win a Big Ten championship, you get you get a ring, and so you kind of expect that's the way it's going to be, you know, like going forward. And you realize, like, no, 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 no. This is like it doesn't work. Just don't walk into championships and and rings. So. You know, my first year, we were very good. You know, I had a had a lot of veterans on the team, a lot of seniors. And then the next year, it was a big fall off. And, um, you know, it was a fall off for about two years. And that's when you kind of realize, like, you can't take, you know, winning and, and getting, you know, championships for granted because it's very hard to do. As Coach Major knows, he was one of my coaches at Ohio State, and he's been a head coach. Winning is hard, and you have to put in work. And I think we got big-headed as a team. You know, we did have some returners, but um, I always say you just got to put in the work. You know, hard work is, you know, undefeated. And uh, that's what we didn't understand. So fast forward, we get a new regime, new coaching staff. They they infuse a lot of energy into our group, um, Coach Major being one of those coaches. And um, – it was just work. I know Coach Major will tell you we had a lot of work to do. And we were, you know, we were behind the eight ball. You know, we were defeated. Like, we were we were in the dumps as a team. Like, we just coming off of an under 500 season, didn't have any direction. And, um, you know, thank God for Coach Mata and staff because, <laughs> you know, it really changed our perspective on how we look at college basketball, how we look at how the work you have to put in we thought we were working hard until they <laughs> like <laughs> hard work was thank god um and i've been able to use that as a platform for the rest of my life you know what's the td that i'd never thank you guys for this and obviously i get the chance to thank you now but like you guys let us coach you yeah right like sometimes in new situations that doesn't always happen and i think Looking back now, we could probably all say it was a blessing in disguise. You guys were coming off a tough year because 
your guard was down. You know, we like were, had you guys had you guys had your freshman year and then yeah. we come in. Yeah, yeah. That's probably we, a serious challenge for us. But you guys we were, were for it, someone coaches and we mentally we, rock mentally rock bottom. Absolutely wanted that bad. You know, um, you know, there's a quote by Doc Rivers. You know, I think you know the quote. It's like, you know, good players, uh, you know, want to be coached, and great players want to be told the truth. Like you guys, coach the truth. You know, and um, always appreciate that. You know, I had, you know, I had a guy rest his soul, Coach Peters, telling me whenever I got soft and uh, wanted shooting too many jumpers or something, he's like, "TD, where's your bread butter? Get back out." <laughs> Oh man, yeah, I miss that dude, man. No, it's so true. You know, it's funny. I, I gotta, I gotta tell this funny story, man, because I got you on blast right now. So this is a, this is a loving blast. This is not. This is a, the very first time we did a skill workout. It's me, you, and Coach Peters, and you know we are in the gym, and we we're in the <laughs> practice gym on that far basket. If you walk into the gym on the on the left side, very far into the back end of the gym. And we're talking and, and I just said, hey, man, you know, let's just start with a foundation. You know, let's just show me what your favorite move is, what you're comfortable with. You had averaged 10 and 6 the year before. So you had had a solid sophomore year. <laughs> so I get on the wing, you know, I throw the ball inside. <laughs> Peters is standing on the basket, got his arms folded. He's all, you know, kind of intense and excited. I throw you the ball. You take one dribble middle. And you shoot a fadeaway baseline jump shot to hit the side of the backboard and bounced out of bounds. So I just kind of stood there and I was like, okay. And Coach Peters, again, runs over full of enthusiasm and life, runs over to the corner, grabs a basketball. Hey, Terrence, you know what? That's okay. You know, we can, we can, we, we can, we can work off that. You know, don't worry about it. You know, <laughs> but it was like, but you let us coach you. Like you let us coach you like that moment. It was like, all right, this guy clearly has done some things, but let's just meet him where he's at, right? That's the essence of coaching is meet them where they're at. And then let's make it a partnership. And for me personally, one of the greatest partnerships I've ever had was just walking alongside you those two years, man. It was a blast. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I had a, had a great, great time, man. Midline, midline counter. Mid, so. Midline counter and duck ends. Yep. That's... <laughs> That's butter roll right there, man. Absolutely. <laughs> and then you have to give us – so we had Lionel Chalmers, who uh, Coach Major coached at Xavier. Um, and then I always have to ask this. You got to give us the lowdown on how it was for playing for him. You know, he always had these one-liners, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. I still see it to Here this we, day. You know, I still see it. Here we go. <laughs> always uh, you know, with a one-liner. So we used to have this uh, – this uh this drill like pre-game like we used to have it's called the daily dozen and we ended up changing the name to dirty dozen just because we were just some a-holes you know but um we, we had the daily dozen it was like you know you take four shots from each spot on the floor or whatever and in my senior year you know i was i was one of the old dudes man like i was in the fifth year i was old you know it took me a little while to get the knees warmed up you know <laughs> uh, you know it wasn't anyway it was just more about touch um but i i took an extra long time for this one and uh i remember coach may said damn td you got 
finally on that leg up, man. And uh, <laughs> so, like, you know, stuff like that, man. Everybody laughing at him, you know. He used to call me Sewell Jones, you know, old one of them old ball players from the <laughs> Yeah, that's an ABA guy right there, man. That's a red, white, you know, blue so ball guy right there. He always hit you with something, <laughs> um, but it was always lighthearted and fun. And, you know, he kept it he kept it interesting. One thing about coaching, um, especially like when you're when you're one of the assistants and you're doing individual drills and and things, the workouts interesting. I think they can get monotonous sometimes, and you guys always switched it up for us to keep us engaged. Um, and, um, you know, obviously there's some foundational things that you have to do every workout. There's some things you just have to do, you know, just to sharpen your tools. Um, but you guys kept us engaged with different things and you challenged us um, <clears throat> every day. So that's always appreciated uh, to players who want to get better. And then after Ohio State, uh, you mentioned, or I should say, you go on to an extensive playing career overseas and places France, Greece, Taiwan, Uruguay, just for a, just to put a few down. Um, talk about yeah. those experiences and takeaways being able to play overseas compared to the U.S. and what you learned. Yeah, I thought, um, you know, obviously, I enjoyed a 10-year career, which was great. You know, I won a couple of championships overseas and went to the finals and a couple other times and lost. But, um, you know, just like in college, you know, you make you build relationships with different teammates. Uh, different coaches, different coaches, um, and the experience of playing abroad was something that I can never get back. You know, um, my, my, my very first year was tough. I was, uh, you know, I was homesick in my first year away, you know, away from my kid, my, my girl. Um, and then, you know, you just had to be, you had to immerse yourself in the culture, which is something I learned after that first year. Um, and then you end up being able to enjoy it. Um, you know, the basketball is very similar to college. You know, it's not like the NBA. It's very similar to college. I think the players are smart, um, not as athletic, you know, unless you're dealing with the Americans. Um, but the game is similar. You know, the coaching is similar. Uh, you know, philosophies might be a tad bit different in a sense of practice and rest and what they think is rest and what they don't think is rest <laughs> and things of nature, you know, when they tell you it's a day off, that doesn't mean running around the field for three times, you know, like for a recuperation run, I want to lay on my couch right, for recuperation, right, you know, right. so um, those philosophies are a little different, but I enjoy my experience um, and uh, wouldn't trade that for anything. Maybe an NBA contract I trade for, but other than that. That's fair. That's Yeah, that's fair. And then off of that, 2015, Terrence Diles gets called up on the stage at Ohio State into the Ohio State Hall of Fame. Being able to have your name out there, being able to, like, walk into that Hall of Fame, see yourself up there, you know, how does that feel? Yeah, it's humbling. It's humbling. Um, Ohio State has a, has a rich tradition of, of great athletes, you know, um, one of the you know best universities in the world and to be inducted into their hall of fame their sports hall of fame is, is very humbling um you know never in my wildest dreams that i think that i would be in the ohio state's hall of fame especially you know after those first couple of years at ohio state like you know um you know you go from you know like on top to literally 
one of the worst teams in the athletic department at that time to being back on top. Um, so it was a journey that I wouldn't trade for anything. Um, I'm really glad that my kids were able to experience that day, that weekend, um, because they weren't there to see me play, um, to remember seeing me play, you know. So it was good for them to experience that. Much deserved, yeah, I mean, Much deserved. I was going to say, to be going from – Shooting fadeaways, fadeaways in the post, hitting the side <laughs> of the backboard to being the Big Ten Conference Player of the Year your senior year. You obviously made a made a nice little jump there too. So, yeah, my coach put my coaches put me in position to succeed. You know, we had a we had a we had a pretty good team, and but they knew, um, you know, where everyone's strengths were. Um, and you know, I can never forget Coach Gross for calling those plays for me. You know when. We you know we go two or three possessions without scoring. Coach Gross got the the fist drive board <laughs> up like okay, fuck it. you know. Um, so can't can't thank him enough either. You know, like they all had a a special spark, a special place in getting me to where I am. And then kind of leading into things. So after all of that, twenty twenty three comes around, uh, and you're now, I'll say, kind of going into the past. You, you end up starting your coaching career at Ohio State, and I know you went in as, um, I believe, your first role, correct me if I'm wrong, was um, player development, correct? Correct. And then you go from player development, and then you ultimately end up working up all the way up into the director of uh, professional development. So talk about, like, the player development side of things a little bit, you know, kind of being able to prep the players, being on the other side of the ball now, and um, just getting those experiences. Uh, it was, you know, obviously – so my role hasn't changed as far as what I what I actually do. Um, Coach Holtman thought that director of player, director of professional development, the title fit more into what I actually do for the team. So with NCAA rules, I wasn't allowed on the court. Um, I think Coach Major played a role in this at some point in his career. Um, but you're not allowed on the court. So everything that you do, you're almost like, a big mentor, big brother, um, in a sense, but then you're, you know, you're, you're running the academic part of things because obviously that's, you know, student is the first part of the athlete part, you know? Um, so you're, so you're doing the academic part of it. You're teaching them skills to succeed after basketball. And because I was in their spot in their position, I can help them kind of avoid some pitfalls that they've, that I had as a college athlete, and then as even as a professional athlete, so, you know, once they graduate, once they leave, it doesn't change, you know, like you're still that guy, just like your coaches are still your coach, you know, like when these players come back, you're still coach. They don't, it doesn't change. I'm, like he's still coach major to me, you know, like that role is going to stay the same. And, you know, I'm starting to get that now that I've been here five years. Some of the guys are starting to come back now, you know, and then, you know, obviously I'm able to help them. Uh, in their journey after basketball or, you know, because I have so many connections with basketball, I'm able to help them with agents or telling them like what countries to avoid, um, do that as well. So um, it's all encompassing. Um, I'm on the, I'm in practice every day. So I'm able to talk to them throughout practice, you know, tell them what I see. I'm not able to get out there and hit them with a pad or anything. Um, Thank God. <laughs> But I'm still out. Some dudes in, um, some dudes in the hospital. You start hitting people, man. Yeah. <laughs> some cat, cats out for six weeks. 
So, so technically, with your role, you, you you can be at practice but not on the court. Yeah, I'm at every practice. I'm at every practice. I'm on the court, just not on the court. I'm, you know, I'm I'm on the sidelines. I'm talking to guys. Um, you know, coach might have you take some stats because you know how practice is. You know, you're you're, you're statting everything just like in a game. Uh, so we evaluate that as a later date. So um, those are the kind of roles that I'm doing at practice. But most of my stuff is is outside. I'm doing the community engagement stuff, um, getting them out, get, getting our guys out in the community, um, you know, and learning that, you know, it's more to life than basketball. And that's the biggest misconception. I feel like people always talk about, especially now, I mean, you can speak more in regards than I can to this, but like once people are in school at big schools, such as like Ohio state, I feel like everybody always thinks, Oh, they're there to play sports. They're not there for school. And I mean, yeah, obviously there's people who, who have that mindset um and then there's maybe a quarterback that came from ohio state that specifically said those words too i'm not here uh to play school but besides the point um like i feel like a lot of people get that misconstrued like you're actually here for school because and i I tell the kids now i'm in d3 now so it's obviously completely different but it's like your career is going to end at some point i don't care if you're you know lebron james or or the lowest tier whatever it is you're going to end at some point so you got to have a backup plan and people don't really experience that. So it's kind of good that you talk about that. Yeah, we kind of noticed the trend of guys who didn't get it in college. It's about five or seven years they start to come back. And then it's like, okay, like, you guys are right. You know, like, it takes a little while before they before they get it, you know. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just just one of those things. Yeah, I think TD also, it's like, um, it's a mentality. And, and, you know, we talked to Coach McGuff about this. We had him on, you know, a few weeks back. And, you know, a place like Ohio State, like, it's not for everybody. Because, you know, we were around you guys three hours out of a 24-hour day. And literally, unless we made a point to go see you at Hangover Easy for breakfast or something like that, Mm -hmm. like, (laughs) you know, like, we wouldn't see you again until the next day. So yeah. the guys that you bring in, it's really important that you know what you're getting as a human being. Yeah. Because those other 21 hours, like they're basically living in a small city, 52,000 students. I mean, the, the campus is bigger than some small towns, quite frankly. That is so true. who, who comes, who comes in and joins that roster? It's a big deal of like, just from a day-to-day responsibility perspective like that, you know what you're getting. Um, because again, it's not for everybody. Somebody that maybe needs to be managed at a higher level is going to struggle at a place like that because it's, you know, I, I use this example, you know, we came from Xavier before coming, you know, with you guys and Xavier's small campus. I could leave the office and go get a chocolate milk you know, uh, on at the student union and, and see four players by accident. Yeah. <laughs> and then see two more on the way walking back, you know? So literally we didn't see you guys for 20, you know, yeah. 21 of the 24 hours. So do you agree with that? Like it's a, you really, it's important that you know what you're getting when you bring guys in. Man, that's 100% correct. I remember coach Mata when he first got the job, he said, and obviously, little different but his, his first words like this program ain't for everybody and that and that's regards to everything right like 
whether it's just basketball sense or living in the college life and how you guys wanted us to, you know, handle ourselves in the public. Um, you know, there's a sense of responsibility that comes with being an Ohio State athlete. Um, and, um, you know, you got to take pride in that. And, and obviously, like you said, you only, you know, we don't see them as much as we would like to. Obviously, you know, as a coach, as you would love to see them a little bit more, but you have to be able to trust who you have on your team that they're going to do what they need to do the correct way because that's what they're supposed to do. Um, and when you don't have that, you know, you're not going to be successful as a team when you got knuckleheads running around <laughs> doing whatever they need to do. And this is not what you're supposed to do. So I agree Coach Major on that. It's it, it's You need to have the right guys, the right character guys. And then now we kind of want to talk a little bit about, so your current role, I know we touched on it a little bit, but as we mentioned, the director of professional development, helping get people careers, but then also helping get people the NIL deals or the name image likeness deals. Talk a little bit about the NIL deals, you know, what those pertain, how those can benefit, you know, the the students as well as essentially the companies. Well, I will say this, the the initial, when the NCAA instituted this, it was supposed to be your name, image, and likeness, right? So if Doug, he has, you know, 2 million followers on Instagram, he has a, he has a platform, he has a following, he's probably going to be good in brand engagement, right? Like for sure you have, yeah. you're an influencer. Uh, and whether it's a commercial for a car dealership or, you know, um, you know, a clothing line or whatever that is, it was intended for, because you're a popular person, you might be able to garner some, some fun off of that. Right. I don't think in, 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 and a coach can speak to this as well. I don't think it was ever intended for the collectives to jump in and become a recruiting inducement, so to speak, uh, which made, you know, which has made college sports was well, particularly football and basketball, um, the wild, wild west, because you, what they did was yep. essentially they put the transport portal in and then NIL at the same time. Same they time, dropped, yeah. They dropped the bomb. Yeah. You. So now, right. oh. Yeah, it's like a tornado to tornado and hurricane in the Absolutely. same day. So if I was the player, um, and, you know, like Coach May said, when, it, you know, when he got the job at Ohio State, I was a 10-6 and six guy before he got there. 10-6 and six today in a portal is like – I mean, you're gonna you're gonna garner a couple dollars in the portal, right? Um, so I'm not gonna sit here and say I would have still been in Ohio State. I probably would have hopped in the portal. My coach got fired. I'm hopping in the portal and see what I can get, you know. Um, and I probably wouldn't have ended up having the career or the life that I had today. So I think, you know, a lot of players they need a better counsel around them um, when they're making these decisions on hopping in the portal. Because, I mean, it's 2,000 kids still don't have a college home, you know, like, because they hopped in the portal and they did get picked up, you know. So there's a there's another side of that portal in NIL that's the ugly side that no one talks about. Um, but the benefits of NIL obviously is, you know, you're able to essentially have a job, you know, like whether you 
you know, are modeling clothes. That's a job, whether you're, you know, I can host a camp in my name, you know, and, and, and get money off of that, which was so stupid. You weren't allowed to do prior to this NIL part. I think it's a benefit for the student athletes. I think it's a benefit for local and, and big businesses because you have brand engagement with a population of kids that are peers to the people who are buying, right? So, you know, the biggest spending peers are like 19, like 25, you know, like those are the ones that you want engaging. And then if you have college athletes who, you know, obviously at a big, at a big brand like Ohio State, it's going to garner a lot of business, a lot of traffic for your, you know, for your brand. So I think it's beneficial for both. I think we need to find a, a solution, a middle ground where, it's not as egregious as it's been the last two years. Um, but, you know, as a former athlete, I'm all for NIL. I'm all for it. Um, uh, there needs to be, and I think, uh, just some some safeguards within it uh, when we don't have that right now. And the NCAA, are, they're scared to touch it because of the lawsuits that, you know, come after that. So right now they're like, Hands, hands, right. not touching it. <laughs> right, you right, do what right. You do. And um, needs to be some safeguards with that. But I think it's a, you know, I think it's a great thing. College athletes have, you know, TV. These TV deals don't happen without the product. The product is the student athletes. It doesn't right. happen without them. So all this realignment, all this, you know. You know, four teams coming to the Big Ten, these billion-dollar TV deals. Without the athletes performing at a high level, you can't get that. So at some point, I think we talked about it earlier, there will be some, you know, revenue sharing at some point within this NIL space um, where collegiate athletes will get some money off of those TV deals, jersey sales. You know, like, why stop? Why stop at the TV deal? Why not go to jersey sales? Oh, you guys charge twelve dollars for popcorn. How come our students and athletes don't get, you know, a chunk of that, 15 percent of that? Like everyone is eating, you know, like you just not gonna eat like you've been eating the last hundred years. It might you might mm. your, your money might go down a little bit because you're sharing it, but we all enjoy the process. We all enjoy it. So um, it'd be a good space if if used correctly. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, the NCAA dealt with a cost, um, basically a salary cap thing with coaches a long time ago. And there was a there was a role called the restricted earnings coach where and I've been in this role before way back in the day. You could only make 12 grand a year from the school and a maximum of four thousand from camp. Well, coaches kind of went in and basically sued the NCAA for back pay you know, based on money that you could have made based on the role that you were in. So I think some of that has made them afraid to touch this, right? Because ultimately part of what could help get it under control is some kind of a cap, but you got to be careful. That's a, that's a kind of a touchy space of, um, you know, putting a cap on how much somebody can make because they've been in trouble with that before. Yeah. Uh, so three quick hitters. All oh, they are. Boom, boom, boom. They're just short, quick answers. So nothing long and extensive. But um, to start things off, 
like I said, you just give short, brief answers, and then we'll ask our final question and wrap up. Okay. Um, so, number one, what's something T. Dials does in his downtime? Uh, binge. Binge on TV shows. Big time. <laughs> big time TV show guy. <laughs> what's your and latest then, one? Real quick. What's your latest one? Just out of curiosity. Uh, started, just started a new show called um, um, Found. It's on uh, Peacock. Oh, okay. I saw that. I yeah. saw that. About the- Only three okay. episodes long, so kind of waiting until it gets a little bit longer so I can hunker down and watch four or five episodes at one time. <laughs> and then to and from work, what music do you have going? Uh, variety, man. Whatever. Whatever, whatever you're feeling. Yeah, yeah Variety. And then out of career highlights, what are you most proud of? That's the last question. Out of career? Career highlights. Could be coaching, could be player, really any career, anything. With uh, winning the championship in France, um, the finals. Yeah, I thought that was a, a big-time highlight. It's a, it's a super competitive league, and uh, to win it all was, was, was pretty fun. And then the best top piece of advice for young rising coaches trying to get their foot in the door, and then how can they accomplish that? Be humble and – don't think any job is too small for for you. You know, like don't have any ego trying to jump into this business. Um, and, and kind of be annoying when it comes to these coaches. Like beat their door down. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, like that like Wilson, the neighbor on home improvement. There dude, it is. Uh, dude, I always got the eyes over the fence. You know, <laughs> hey, hey, how, how you doing, neighbor? <laughs> Well, that's basically it. Before we get into our closing remarks, um, Al, you got any any final remarks, questions? Nah, you know what, TD, uh, you know, watch you grow up, you know, um, your husband, father, doing all those great things, man. So um, honored to coach you. Thankful to be a part of your journey. So um, you're a special human being, man. Uh, you got a, lot of, got a lot of great things coming in your future. So appreciate you, brother. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me, guys. Yes. Thank you, Terrence. We'll catch you later. All right. And that does it for another episode of the Rising Coaches Podcast. Again, I'm Doug Caputo alongside Alan Major. Thanks, Terrence Dallas, for being on the call. And keep working. Keep rising, coaches. Thank you. Video analysis is expensive, and I'm sure your budget isn't getting much bigger. Fulcrum Tech is here to help. Used by basketball teams at all levels from D1, D2, D3, all the way to high school. Their Angles product is similar to what you know and allows you to code, capture, and analyze with ease. All you have to do is import the raw video and synergy with just the click of a mouse. Over the past two years, over 60% of their D1 teams and conferences, such as the SEC, Pac-12, American, A-10, or even the NBC, just to name a few, have made the postseason. All this while saving thousands and thousands of dollars a year compared to their old companies. Because let's be honest, who doesn't want to save more money? All you have to do is reach out to at Fulcrum Tech on Twitter or reach out to their sales at sales at fulcrumtech.com via email. And be sure to mention if you are a Rising Coaches member or the Rising Coaches podcast. Do more, spend less with Fulcrum Tech. I want to thank all our listeners for tuning in with us this episode. If you are not a member, want more content, or even be a potential member on our member spotlight to have your story heard, go visit risingcoaches.com. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and X at Rising Coaches. And don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating, and review so we can continue to keep rising together.